Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. And of your neighbor, that gentle grasp, that gentle connection, be the reminder that Together, there's so much we can accomplish here on earth. But the truth is, Jesus is all that we need. But collectively, together, if we all seek the face and guidance and direction of Jesus, there is so much that we can accomplish. But in this hour, these next few minutes, oh God, I pray that what we accomplish is worship. What we accomplish is true praise and adoration unto you. I pray that in these next few moments together, collectively in concert, we worship you and praise you for all that you've done and all that you're planning to do. Those things that we don't even know that's coming down the pipeline that we call blessings. Right now, God, we want to praise you and worship you for it. We may not even be worthy of it, God, but we thank you for choosing us for a time such as this. Oh God, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to stand before your people with a word that you've declared, with a word that you've prepared, Father God. I pray that in these next few moments as I speak, I represent you as your earthly ambassador. I pray that the words that the people hear, the voice that the people hear is yours, that the image that they see is not Broderick, but it is yours because today I represent you. And so, God, I pray that I do a great job. I thank you for this opportunity to represent you. God, we, bless, we ask that you bless this service. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, man. Oh, man, it's so good to see all of y'all beautiful plate, y'all faces. You know, I missed y'all. Some of y'all I've had the great honor and privilege to see throughout the week, but those who I have not had that opportunity to see, I uh, am so glad to see you. Guess what we forgot to do this morning? Forgot to give y'all handouts. So we're going to do it old school. Take one and pass it down. Remember that? Here you go, sir. I'll just pass them out. Here you go. Just take one and pass it around. I want you all to be able to take notes uh, today. Today is going to be a really, I figure I'll close that because that will distract you all. I know how some of you all get. Just the simplest thing will mess up your focus. But um, today we're going to finally close out this series in margin, man. I really, I mean, I can't even tell you how desperately I hope that this message has resonated with you, I, I, how desperate I am for you to really gain 
uh, some margin in your life in every area, uh, financially, emotionally, time, all of the above. I'm desperate for you to get that because it's, it's something that will help you. It will help in your health. It will help with your spiritual walk. It will help you in every area. Now, if, if you've missed this, this series, if, you, if, if there's any part of it that you didn't get, well, the good news is uh, you can listen to our podcast. Now, I, you know, the past couple are very long. But there's a lot of information in there, so you might have to, like, really set out some time and just listen and get it, you know, at your leisure. If you need a pen, they're handing out pens for you right now. So today, we'll close off this series on margin, and today we're going to deal with (laughs) moral margin. Now, there are two areas in in ministry that many pastors just hate to even deal with. I'm just going to be serious. Number one on the list is finances. We just hate to talk about it, not because it's not important. It's very important, but we know that the sti- what the stigma is that comes with it. The pastor's talking about money. He want my money. The other one is moral margin. You know, people hate, you know, it, you know, people hate hearing about moral margin because it feels like you're picking on me. You're picking on me. So pastors hate to talk about, but it's a part of our faith. We have to deal with moral issues. So today we're going to talk about moral margin and how you can actually set some space up, set some margin so that you are not tempted. Here's the thing. As long as you are here on earth, as long as you are breathing air, you will be tempted, period. Real talk. You will have thoughts that you know you shouldn't have. You will have, you will be in the face of things that you know you struggle with. I'm guilty. I'm your pastor. I, you know, we all have those issues. At the end of the day, you cut me, you know, I can bleed to death. I am not Jesus, okay? I, you know, I, I'm human like you all. And as long as we're here on earth and we turn on the television, we click on the internet, we, we, we are around our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, or people that we go to school with, we will be tempted by some things. So here what, here's what moral margin is. Moral margin means putting distance between you and temptation. Moral margin means putting distance between you and temptation. There's five steps toward that distance. There's five steps to, to put that distance between you and temptation. We're going to jump right in it. We're not going to waste any time. The first thing you must do is, if you're taking notes, make a commitment to God's standard. Make a commitment to God's standard. I love what the psalmist says here in Psalm 119 and 9. He says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. How can a young person stay pure? Psalm 119, I love it because it breaks it down. It's into the Hebrew alphabet. And each section, they, they break down into stanzas. So you got the, the A part and then the B, and this line comes up under the B. The Beth is what it's called. And he talks about how can a, a young person... Stay pure by obeying the Word of God. Watch this. When he's saying young, he's not talking about just age. He's talking about, say, I'm a young Christian. In other words, I could be 40 years old, but I've never really committed my life to Christ. So I'm a young Christian. I'm new. How can I stay pure uh, uh, in my young infancy stage as a Christian? How can we stay pure in a contaminated environment? It's hard to do. I know I have some struggles. I know I have some issues. I know there are some things that I absolutely know I shouldn't touch. But how can I remain pure when I'm surrounded by it? How do I do that? Is it even possible? 
You know, every time I turn on the TV or listen to music or cut on the radio, there's violence and sexual images all around me. I was on Facebook today, and guess what? If you have any struggles whatsoever, be it sexual, violence, rage, anger management, whatever, all you got to do is do is cut on Facebook, and you are clicked into a temptation. How do I know? Everybody, I've had plenty of friends. I click on there, all of a sudden it's like big booty girls and big boob girls. What in the world is this? Or check out these kids fighting on YouTube. All type of stuff. I'm surrounded with sex and violence no matter where I go. Right now they're trying to pull some ads from the Super Bowl because they're too sexual in nature. Right? No matter what we do, here we are, we're trying to watch sports. We're trying to watch two teams of big old burly men trying to kill each other to get a ball made of pigskin through the other side. And my goal is to get it there, and that's the, that's the entertainment factor for us. That's the wow factor for us. But many of us are looking forward to Beyonce and her bootyless yourself. I am, but because my cousin is playing a trumpet with her. Now, if I just so happen to see Beyonce in the process, well... Many of us are looking forward to the commercials that they air during the Super Bowl because they're so funny, but they've gotten away from the funny Super Bowl commercials where there was the Bud versus the Bud Light team football. Y'all remember those? Or, or the what's up? Those commercials are long gone. Now it's like, let me see a girl walking through and stripping off and peeling off and whatever, whatever. I forgot I was watching football. And I'm watching soft porn now. See, it's hard for us. See, it's hard for us to be Pure in a contaminated environment. We're surrounded by it. How do we do that? I would say cut the TV off, but you're not going to do that. I would say turn the channel. You're not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I don't want to miss one second of this great, great, great game that we're going to watch today. The game that we watch all these different teams compete just to see the best two teams do it in the end. You don't want to miss one second of that. You've got your meal uh, plan and you already set to do this. It seems that the world is angry. Am I the only one who feels that way? Every time I turn on the TV, the world is angry. TV series, reality shows, and all of this stuff. You know, it's funny. Y'all know that reality shows are not really reality? You know there's acting in it? Do y'all know that whenever there's a fight on one of these reality shows, that it goes up in terms of viewership? In other words, if so-and-so fights on Real Housewives of Atlanta, Nene and Nene, or what, I don't know these people's names, but, and uh, somebody else, one of these other characters fight, somebody's going to tweet about it. Did you see whatever? Or going to AJC. Did you see, uh, uh, catch up on the latest thing that happened on Real Housewives of, of, of Atlanta? And what happens? They go to the Internet. That spikes viewership as well to catch up on the episode. Why? To see what? The fight. The fake fight that they're calling reality TV, the violence. Why are we so excited and and, and caught up in this violence? Why are we so excited and caught up in this sexual stuff? Why? We want to protest these shows and have them cut off, but the truth is they're breaking records on some of these networks with this stuff. The other day I was watching, and it seemed like every time it come on I have to watch it. The Green Mile. Anybody ever seen that movie? Huh? It's, I, I like that movie. I mean, I really do. I love it. 
And, and there's uh, John Coffey. Y'all know John Coffey. Uh, that was the, the big brother who, who, who passed on, and, and uh, that was his character's name, John Coffey. And there's this scene. Oh, my God, it just it literally, I'm sitting there crying because it's such a powerful scene. And so Tom Hanks' character asks John Coffey, you know, John, and this is after John Coffey has healed all of these people. God has blessed him with this healing power to heal people and, and see visions and stuff. And so he healed Tom Hanks. And then Tom Hanks took him to heal the warden's wife and, you know, all of this stuff. And so he has to be executed. That's what the Green Mile is. It's a long, it's a green strip that you follow to head to your execution. So Tom Hanks says, John, you know, you're up next. What should I do? And John Coffey says, don't you get to talking all foolish like that. Do what you're supposed to do. Do your job. And Tom Hanks is like, but why? I mean, you're, you're such a gift. You're such a miracle. And this is what he says. I love it. He says this. He says, I'm tired. He says, mostly I'm tired of people being ugly to each other. I'm tired of all the pain I'm feeling in the world every day. It's too much of it. It's like pieces of glass in my head all the time. And I watched this movie, and I says, well, my goodness. I understand this was a story. It was a book at first, and, and it became a movie, and the writer was so great, and I understand it was for a time period. But doggone it, if I personally don't feel that way today. Marvin Gaye felt that way with what's going, with, you know, what's going on. How much has changed in these past few decades where there's just so much pain in the world, and, and it just constantly keeps us from having moral margin? It's almost like we can't help it. How do I do that in this world full of contamination? The first thing you must understand is all of us has an authority over us. Watch this. It could be you. And God forbid you're your own authority. Then I know how your world looks. God forbid if your peers or culture are, is your authority. Your one authority is the Bible, and we're going to get to that. Your one authority, the final authority, your direction, your roadmap that's been around for thousands and thousands of years, guiding people, sharing with them how to live a life that honors God. It's been around and hasn't changed, and it actually works. Just follow that roadmap. This is how you begin to set some moral margin. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17 says this, all Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. God uses the same Bible that he used back then, this same bit of wisdom that Paul, who was incarcerated at the time, was sharing with his, 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 his student, his, his, his main man, his protege, Timothy, is still relevant today. Even Dr. Martin Luther King used this same scripture to, 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 to kick off one of the major movements that kind of changed the direction of, 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 of our country. 
Many great leaders today use this same scripture that 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 changed the direction or course of our history. It's still the same. The words have not changed. Of course, there are some different translations, but at the end, the essence of the message is still the same. It's the truth. It's a direction. It's a roadmap to how you can have some moral margin. All Scripture, all of it is inspired. That means Old Testament and New. It trips me out when we have these so-called New Testament churches. It's like I get that. You know, it's all about Jesus, and we should really embrace the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament. But all Scripture, all, old and new, is inspired by God and serves as a roadmap to how we should live our lives. Here's the question. Who is the authority over your life? Culture? Tradition? Reason? Personal feelings? Let me fix this. All four of those are unreliable sources of authority. So if you're taking notes, unreliable sources of authority are culture. In other words, if, 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 if culture says this is the thing to do or that's the thing to do or that's accepted, oh, it's okay for you to shack up. Please, God, God will still bless you. He'll forgive you. That's true. That's very true. He will. But is it cool? Wouldn't you prefer to just walk out in public and be like, I'm doing the right thing, I'm living this life, and I don't feel shame? I mean, if you don't feel shame, then shame on you. Tradition? Tradition says, I got I to, gotta, you know, follow these certain traditions of the church. Follow these certain traditions of my community. Follow these certain traditions of school. Follow these certain traditions. Am I going to let that be my authority, tradition? Because they've been doing it for 100 years why change it now? Because it didn't work. We're a different generation. We have to keep up with the times. Reason. That's you thinking. <laughs> That's your own thinking. That's you rationalizing with yourself instead of praying to God. Reason. Reason is the reason why some of us end up in a jam. Personal feelings. It's self-explanatory. I feel that this is the right thing to do. I feel that this is, you know, that God, I feel that this is okay. Who's going to judge me? Only person can judge me is God, and he is definitely judging you, whatever your lifestyle or situation is. Second thing, first thing is make a commitment to God's standard, not cultures, tradition, reason, or personal feelings. Second, manage your mind. Manage my mind. The second step in setting some margin, some moral margin, is managing my mind. It's a tough thing. Proverbs, I love Proverbs. It's just a bunch of, let me give you some points here to do, right? Proverbs says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your mind. Do you all know that anything you're tempted by starts here. And when, it, when it's here, it's almost like simultaneously, as soon as I think about it, I'm feeling some kind of way. As soon as I think about it, I'm feeling some kind of way. It, it just, that's just how it works. As soon as I think about it, I'm feeling some kind of way. Can we, can we have adult talk just for a half a second here? I promise not to get too X-rated, okay? We are going to go R. We're going to go R, okay? If you think about sex, 
something happens on the inside and a part of you wants to do a little something, you don't, I don't want to see any hands. I don't want to know your business. But let's be honest. If the thought comes to your mind, emotionally, you feel a little something. Nobody has a, a thought about sex and say, ew, I can't believe I'm thinking about sex. Oh, my God. No, it goes in your mind, and you have a quick moment like, ooh. And then you say, I shouldn't be thinking about that. But the first thought is, ooh, no, I shouldn't be thinking about that. There's something about it that triggered something good on the inside. And he says here, <laughs> guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. The minute something like that pops in your head, God, Lord, I don't know what's going on. Please block my mind from that. I don't need to be thinking about that now. Now, if you're married, you can think about all kind of stuff, Kama Sutra, all that stuff. I don't, you know, I, I think it, it's okay, but unmarried, try to block your mind from that. Proverbs 23, 19 says, my child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Connect that with your mind. Keep your heart and mind on the right course. Be what? Wise. Be wise. Now, how do you manage your mind? That's the question, right? How do I manage my mind? I can't. This is, this, is, this is popular. Whoever heard this one? I can't control my thoughts. Whoever heard that before? Me. Whoever, who's ever said that? This guy? Huh? Everyone. I can't control my thoughts. I can't control. And the truth is you, can, you cannot. And I'm not saying control your thoughts. What am I saying? Manage your thoughts. Manage. Just like everything in life, you can redirect how you feel. You can redirect your thought pattern. If something inappropriate pops in your mind, redirect it. Scientists tell, tell me that men, we think about sex, I forgot how much. It was a lot. Like in 24 hours, we think about at least eight hours of the 24 or more. I'm like, really? Re I mean, I haven't sat down and thought about it because maybe I'm thinking about it. I don't know. I haven't sat down to see if that's true. But that's what they tell us, that men think about it that much in the 24-hour period. I'm like, whoa, we're all jacked up then. And I forgot the, the women's number, but it's, suppo it's supposed to be lower than ours. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I haven't done this research. How do you manage your mind? 2 Timothy 2.22 says this. Walk. No, no, it doesn't say walk. I misread that. Jog. No, I misread it again. I'm sorry. It says Run. Run from anything that stimulates your youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. Whoa. But you don't understand. I didn't even have a chance to run. We were there and it thought, and next thing you know, we were peeling like bananas. But before you got the first peel, before you unbuttoned the first thing, before you undid her bra strap, there was time to run. Before y'all started playing tongue wrestling, there was time to run. Before you scooted and sat on the same couch with her, there was time to run. But you chose to see just how far you could go. Before things happened, you thought you were that powerful, you got self-control, and if anything, she'll stop it. No, fool, she want it like you want it. 
It's quiet in here. I thought I, I was thought I was talking about people outside of here. Y'all quiet. I must be talking to some folks. I'm sorry. Funny thing is, running away it, it, it sometimes seems cowardly, right? Running away seems cowardly sometimes. But check this out. But for a wise person, removing yourselves physically from temptation, that's probably one of the most courageous things you'll ever do. One of the most courageous things you'll ever do. I've, I've, I'm not going to lie. I've been in situations where we've had to make those type of decisions before I was married. And man saying no, having that power, oh, my God, no. And walking away, I felt so good. I mean, I was like on, on cloud nine, like, yeah, I said no. They said men can't say no. I said no. No. Baby, peace. I'm out the door. Felt good. Felt proud. Was like, God, yeah, man, I did it. God was like, that's what you're supposed to do. I ain't giving you no dap for that. You're doing what I told you to do. You ain't getting no dap for doing what you're supposed to do. You didn't do anything extra. You just did what I called you to do in the first place. We all have temptations. We all struggle with something. It may not be sexual in nature. Some, some, some people may have some issues with pornography. That's sexual. Some people have some issue with anger. Just mad all the time. Why are you mad? I don't know. I just, it just feels better to be mad. I'm just mad. I like to be mean. Somebody said this morning they, they like being, being considered or looked at as the mean person. I said, Why do you want to be the mean person? If they knew your heart, how brilliant and beautiful and, and compassionate you are, if they look at you as the mean person, they won't even come and get a chance to experience your beauty. You're wonderful, sensitive, a beautiful human being. But if you're walking around mean, they don't even want to approach you. You just look mean. Real talk. The other thing we must do, number three, monitor media intake. <laughs> Ooh, that media get everybody in trouble. I see people getting divorced because they done friended their ex-girlfriend. I see people getting in trouble because they done friended their ex-boyfriend. Next thing you know, they done, oh, it's just, I just want to see how they doing. I just want to see. I want to see if they got fat. I want to see how many kids she got because she didn't choose me. So I'm just going, that's why I friended her. And you get the checking on there. Next thing you know, they inbox you. How you doing? Your family's so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Your family's so beautiful. How you doing? Oh, I see what you got going on in your life. Huh? Yeah, you know, I'm doing all right for myself. How you doing? Can you pray for me? Yeah, just here's my number. Call me. I'll pray for you on the phone. Next thing you know, y'all done started an inappropriate long-distance relationship. Uh-oh, you left your Facebook page up. You in trouble now. Huh? I'm not talking about nobody in here, but these are real stories I'm sharing from people that I know. This has happened to them. Real talk. Why? All because you did not have, when they sent you a friend request, they are not where you are in your life. You're connected with God. You're serving the church. You're serving a community. You're loving God. You're doing Bible studies, and you are on the right track, baby. And all of a sudden, here comes that high school flame reaching back out to you. Oh, it's innocent. I love my wife. How you doing? We can be friends. Then y'all start that conversation, and just like a snowball going down the hill, it can start off like this, but by the time it gets to the bottom, it's a big enough avalanche to destroy a doggone village. 
And that's what happens when we start inappropriate relationships, when all we had to do was run. You knew it was coming. You saw it coming. Something happened in you when they asked to be your friend. It was like, oh, hey, no. Ain't got no business being my friend. Matter of fact, why did we break up in the first place? Ah, I remember. Nope. That's all you got to do. Whenever you're tempted, think about why y'all broke up in the first place. I bet you it didn't end good. And dip. You got problem keeping your hands to yourself when you're in the store? You kind of klepto? Don't go to the store. Send somebody for you. Keep your hands in your pocket the whole time while you're in the store. Whatever your issue is, whatever your temptation is, do some things proactively not to do it. Proverbs 15, 14 says this, A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. Right? Now, if you're a gossiper, <laughs> and that's nobody in here, I know that. Nobody in here is a gossiper. But if your neighbor is a gossiper outside of here, and they call you talking about, uh, hey, so-and-so said blah, blah, blah. Did you can't wait to get from church to call you and say, yo, Pastor B, like, stood up on the stairs and, like, was gyrating like he was, like, in a pawn or something. You know what you do? And that doesn't happen. But I'm just saying, if I did, which I won't. You know what you do as soon as they call? Listen, hey, that's cool. I don't really want to hear that. You can't be, I don't, I don't really want to hear that. Let's talk about something uplifting. I don't need to hear that negative stuff. I don't need to get caught up in your gossip. Because the minute you give ear to gossip, you are a part of the gossip now. Right? My week has been rough. <laughs> Very rough this week. It's been a rough week. And it started on Sunday with gossip that sent me to a place that was very, very familiar back in the day. It sent me to a place that I thought I had outgrown. I was mad because my name was caught up in gossip. And so I used the Bible to make a very bad decision and go right to the person's house to confront them because they would not shame me. And I said, whoa, that's not Pastor Broderick. That's not even Broderick. That's like Brody from back in Lackawanna. When I just show up on you, I ain't going to even call you. What you got to say about me that you can't say to me in my face? Oh, baby, I had to check myself because I was about to wreck myself and maybe some other people. Truth is, I still have some flaws I need to work on. We all do. We're going to be talking. That's our next series, by the way. Invite every flawed person you know. So this place should be packed because we're all flawed. But it reminded me of some things. Why? Social media did it. That's where the rumor mill started. Social media. And you never say the person's name. You just say whatever. Oh, such and such said this. Go kill yourself. What in the world? How would you tell somebody to kill yourself? What is this new thing? Kill yourself. What happened to your mama and that was enough? Now we go kill yourself. Dang. Why would you wish death on somebody? And if they die, you're behind to be the first one laid all on the coffin. Lord Jesus, it's my fault. Ah, acting a doggone fool because you wished it on them. Monitor media intake. That includes social media, television, 
Some of y'all can't watch these reality shows without getting, this, you know, excited. I had to catch myself the other day watching this show, Black Ink. And Jared came in, and I pretended I was interested in tattoos until the girl had on the thing. And I said, whoa, let's change it. It was a little too much for me to handle. I wasn't ready for that. I thought I could handle it. Like, oh, I like tattoos. It's art. So she came out with that situation. I said, whoa, there's too much art for me. I'm feeling the kind of way. I'm a real pastor, if y'all haven't figured that out. And people who will be listening to this podcast will know he's got issues, and he's the pastor, absolute doggone lutely. Thank God that I can be honest with my people about this. Monitor what you watch on TV. Because guess what? If, you, if the last thing you watch before you go to bed is something violent or sexual in nature, right, and let's just say you're single, you're going to want something sexual in nature laying right next to you in the bed. And if ain't nobody there sexual in nature laying there right to you in the bed and you have things going through your mind, it'd be you and your right or your left, and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just being real. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not talking about something. I'm, y'all are grown people. Y'all know these things go through your mind, and y'all know that some of y'all have actually done this crap. Let's be honest. Psalms 119.37 says this, Turn my eyes from worthless things and give my life through your word. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give, my, give me life through your word. Turn my eyes from Real Housewives of Atlanta, love and hip-hop. Turn my eyes from from that crap on TV. Turn my eyes sometimes from scandal. I don't watch it no more because I have a thing for Kerry Washington, and I know I'm weak. I love full lips. So I told my wife, I can't watch it, baby. I told the, the, the congregation I try to preach a sermon on it, but the sermon I would preach is my weakness. It's, she's a fine something or other. I can't watch it. Too messy. For me, I can't watch it. Entertainment is one thing, but mess is something else. Huh? Turn your eyes away from 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 uh, these MTV shows where uh, what is this one? A uh, Bad Girls Club. Turn your eyes away from that. Turn your eyes away from all of this mess. And I'm not saying just sit there and watch Lifetime all day. I'm not saying sit there and watch you know the gospel music channel and watch all of these shows. I'm not saying that because that sometimes can be messy too, and it's certainly not entertainment entertaining. What I am saying is like just put some positive stuff in your head. Put positive thoughts, positive energy in your head. Entertainment is one thing. I have an issue with that. Me and me and Sam were talking this morning. The uh, Game of Thrones is coming on. That's killing and sex. Let me just sum it up. But it's entertaining. It's it's manly. It's like you see, I cut him, and but then they walk around. But it's a great show. I may not watch it this season. How about you, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, bless you, boy. Bless you. Number four, minimize the opportunity for temptation. Minimize the opportunity for temptation. In other words, don't put yourself in a situation you know you'll have to struggle to get out of. Huh? Don't put yourself in a situation you know you'll have to struggle to get out of. In other words, you bump into an ex-friend that you know you shouldn't see and they want to invite you out to tea. Yeah, maybe it's not a good idea. I know the intent is right. I know you're thinking in your mind, oh, it's just tea. No, tea could lead to something else. 
Don't 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 hang out with somebody you know you have some kind of feelings for or you've had feelings for. Because what you do is you're testing. When you go hang out with them, you're testing to see if you still have it, if those feelings for them, if you can handle it. And what happens is they say just the right thing, just the right thing. Or y'all sitting there talking, everything is good, and somebody drives by with the booming system, and it was y'all's jam. Oh, now we're going to talk about what we used to do. Just don't do it. Stay away from it. If you know it's a compromising situation, you know it can end up with somebody's clothes off and both of y'all feeling guilty, run. Run, run, run. Seriously, run. And then let them call and say, yo, why did you run out the house? Because the Bible told me to. And that's it. The Bible told me to. Minimize those opportunities. Don't be places you know you shouldn't be. I don't have to give examples. Y'all know. Y'all are grown, right? Number five. Magnify the consequences of sin. Magnify the consequences of sin. This, is, this, this one right here is the one that keeps me honest, just being honest with you. This is the one that keeps me on the straight and narrow path. James 1, 13 15 through 15 says this, And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires. Who? Our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. First thing I want to draw this out to you, I want to point out something. It says it gives birth to sinful actions. It says it gives birth to death. You can only birth something you're already impregnated with. What do I mean by that? We live in a sinful world. Sin is already in us. We were born sinful. It's in us, okay? But you, what you don't want to happen is, is that that sinful desire, whatever that thing is within you, to be birthed. You can prevent it from it happening. You can, you can stop it by the Word of God. What I think about all the time is that part that says death. It says, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. That's the part that keeps me honest in every area of my life. Number one, my marriage. When I read that, I think of death as literal, <laughs> like I could die. Like if I did something crazy, my wife, as small as she is, will become Mighty Mouse and do some very terrible things to me that I will not recover from. I won't be able to do like homeboy did when his wife chopped him and he got it sewn on and he became a porn star. I can't do that. Leanna Bobbitt and all of them. I, can't, I, I just know that ain't going to happen. It's death for me. She's already told me. That's how I know. And I believe her. But the truth is, there's a spiritual death that I don't want to experience. See, physical death, that's one thing. That spiritual death is, is a whole nother can of worms I don't even want to deal with. I don't want to deal with the death of my marriage, the death of my kids' marriage, because the example I set in my failures, I'm setting them up. I don't want to deal with that kind of, that's the death that bothers me most. If you off me, that's it, finished, it's done. But the death that I'd have to live with, with the, the, the lifestyle that I've set my kids up for, that marriage doesn't work, that when we don't get along, divorce is the answer, that, that, that I made a mistake and so here it is, now our marriage is dead, our family is now dead because of a stupid thing I've made. 
That's the death that I think about when I think about doing something wrong. That's the death that I think about when, 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 when any of it, the death of this church, the death of the people of, uh, that I've advocated for saying, say, man, don't get a divorce. Work it out. There's, you know, you can do anything with your wife. Work it out. And then I go and become a hypocrite and do it. It's that type of death that I think about. And that's the death you need to think about. Literal death. It could happen. Whatever your issue is, that temptation gets you caught up in, it could be death. Real talk. It could literally be death. If it's sexual and you go raw, it could be an STD. Herpes and AIDS don't go away. Just saying. Could be pregnancy. You got that baby forever. Do you, did you want to have a baby with that guy, that one? He don't even take care of the ones he has already. Death with the people you hang out with. Was it worth it hanging with them? I'm guilty by association. Now nobody will hang with me. Now people don't want to do business with me. Why? Because I was hanging out with that person. That has happened to me. I've been in bed with, with a business partner who was just janky. And ever I name drop, they were like, oh, you do, that's your business partner? It got to the point where people were showing me articles of, of stuff that this person has done. And I was like, I had no idea. And because of my association, nobody wanted to do business with me. I became just as janky as he was. And even I, though I wasn't, I thought I could learn from him. He seemed very successful. Temptation, I want to share some points with you. Temptation comes from impure desires inside of us. It's already there. Don't give birth to it, okay? And never blame God. Let me clear this up just for, for the record because I know some of y'all in your mind are going, no, 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 but God does test us, though. He, he, he will test. And that's the truth. He will test you. But God will not tempt you with, the, with evil desires. He will not tempt you. He will test you. In other words, he'll put you in situations to test your faith, but he's not going to tempt you. He's not going to put a pile of money in front of you, right, and, say, and, and, and make you decide what to do with it when you know it's not yours in the first place. God is not going to do that, okay? He's not going to put a butt-naked woman in front of you and say, what are you going to do? No, no, no. He's not going to do that. That's the desires of you. That's your own desires. He's not going to put you in a situation with your ex, which you know you can't handle being in, in that relationship, in those confines. He's not going to do that. But he will test you in other areas of your life. He'll test you when, when it comes to your finances. He'll test you when it comes to, to matters of your faith. But he's not going to tempt you. He is not a God that tempts. It's not him. So never, ever say, oh, God is just testing. He's tempting. You know, don't even confuse the test with your temptation. Don't even mix them up. They're two different T's. When we dwell on something long enough, it becomes an action. Soon as you begin to think a thought, if you don't immediately, immediately redirect that thought, you dwell. As soon as you begin to dwell, you start figuring out ways you can make it work and hide it so nobody else catches you. Soon as it dwells and it sits there and simmers, it just, it just gains more seasoning and more flavor, and you jam yourself up in the process. And like I said earlier, that analogy I use, it's like a snowball coming down a hill. It can start like this. But by the time it gets to the bottom, it's such a huge avalanche that it can destroy a village. It can destroy your relationships. It can destroy your house. It can, 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 can uh, destroy all of that. 
if you don't gain control of it on the front end, it becomes more destructive the more you let it simmer in your head. And the goal is for you to put a stop to it. Redirect your thoughts. Put up some barriers on the Internet if that is your struggle. Put up some barriers. Some people, you probably need to go through your phone a day and just say, delete, block, delete, block, whatever the case may be, because they're not feeding you anything but stuff that will tear into your moral margin. Final thought, moral margin may lower your personal standard of living. In other words, however you have set up your standard of living, moral margin may lower that according to your own standards. But it will raise your quality of life. Having some moral margin will raise your quality of life. Let us pray. Eternal and gracious God, thank you so much for this, this time. Thank you for this message about margin in our life, particularly moral margin. We realize, oh God, that, that, that all of this takes away from our emotional tank. Whether we're living on an edge immorally, whether we're misusing our finances and not being great stewards or managers of it, whether we're just taking our time and living it like it's, like it's unlimited. Whatever our struggle is, God, today we plan after today to live a life that's with margin in every area of our lives. Because we understand that in the margin, that's where relationships happen. That's where relationships with you happen. That's where relationships with our peers happen. So God, today we are committed to desperately finding and making margin in our lives. God, as we leave this place, but not far from your grace, which is so sufficient. Protect us, guide us, put blinders on us so that we are just focused on honoring you with our entire life, with our entire being. Break our heart today towards things that break yours so that we can be intentional about serving those who are far from you. God, I love you. I honor you and praise you. If there's anybody hearing the sound of my voice who's just in a place where they just don't know where they are spiritually, I pray, God, that right now, right now, right now, tug on their heartstrings. Tug on their heartstrings, Father God, so that they make a decision today to honor you with their lives. All eyes remain closed. I don't do this enough, but I have to. You've been struggling area of moral margin. You've been wanting to, you felt that you let God down, but you want to reconnect. You want to, you want, you want to just, just, just start all over. Wipe the slate clean. In fact, you just raise your hand. All eyes remain closed. I see you. Put your hand down. In your heart. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it in your heart. Say it, say it, say it, say it within your heart. Say this with me. God, I love you. And I'm sorry. Thank you for forgiving me of my shortcomings. Thank you for loving me in spite of myself. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, although I don't deserve it. God, today I commit my life to you like never before. I commit my life to honor you and live a life that is pleasing to you. A life that has an abundance of moral margin. 
I confess I don't know all the answers, but today I intend to seek them to honor you. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.